Welcome to Sis Internet Radio. Sisters in Spirit, affectionately called Sis, is a nurturing environment for women that inspires harmony in everyday living, shares resources that empower, offers information and support that nourishes the soul, balances our mental and physical well-being, and promotes inner peace and heightened spirituality. Our vision is a world where women live consciously, harmoniously, and spiritually to positively impact our lives and the lives of those with whom we come into contact. Join us as we live life with style, grace, and of course, much joy. Greetings to all. Love and light to everyone. Our show tonight is really near and dear to us as empowerers of our sister selves. Living your dream is your choice. It's your choice to nurture and develop your dream into being. As women, we're often the first persons to give up our dreams. We give them up for our mates, our children, our parents, whoever, and moreover, society expects us to do this. We have been reenacting this societal norm without ever examining whether or not we truly can have more and do more and not be placed in the bad mother category, which is a stigma most women would avoid even if it means giving up their personal satisfaction. In most people's minds, sacrifice and motherhood are deeply woven together. So how do we, as empowered women, get to the more we want in life without having to pose as superwomen who do everything for everybody and eventually getting to ourselves last. And we know that there's not much harmony and balance in living life that way. We do it by untethering negative thought patterns through the choices we make moment to moment. I'm Raisa, co-founder of Sisters in Spirit, here with my co-founder and co-host, Sky. Sky, good evening. How are you? Hi, Raisa. I'm wonderful. How are you this evening? I'm totally awesome and happy to have our guest, Barbara Hoffmeister, with us today. She specializes in helping people understand that you can have your dream by making the individual everyday choices that will get you there step-by-step with grace. Barbara, welcome to the show. Well, hi, everybody, and thanks very much for having me. Welcome, Barbara. We're glad you're here this evening. First, I'd like to give you a little bit of background about Barbara. She is an internationally renowned speaker, author, and expert on the topic of human growth. In the last few years alone, she's spoken before over 15,000 people focusing on helping them dust off their dreams and build the courage to make them come true. Barbara became interested in her own personal growth in 1978 when a friend gave her the book, Your Erroneous Zones, by Dr. Wayne Dyer. Since then, she has not stopped studying the topic. She's here with us tonight from Berlin, which is now uh, about 12.30 p.m., so she demonstrates how dedicated she is to her mission of helping as many people as possible around the globe to rediscover their dreams and to gain the confidence and belief in themselves to actually make those dreams come true. So Barbara, we are happy to have you here tonight. And and as a first question, I'm just wondering, what was it about the erroneous zones that struck you so profoundly that you engaged down this path of motivating others and encouraging them to live their dreams. Well, it was actually that I found myself in the book. You know, in those days, I was a very insecure young woman because uh, I was abused as a child. I was raped at 16, and that sort of turned me into a, uh, into an introvert and also into a very insecure young woman. And I'm sure you know people like that because I see them all the time around me. You know, when when I used to get a compliment, for instance, I just shrugged it off, you know, I just sort of pushed it off and I said, oh, it's nothing and don't mention it. And, and I really meant it, you know, I really meant don't mention it because I felt that I don't deserve the praise and I don't deserve 
uh, the the compliment, and in many cases, I even thought that people were making fun of me. So I I felt insulted. You know, when somebody said something nice, it was like, oh, they are only making fun of me. So why are they doing that? You know, and um, yeah. So when I finally was given this book by Dr. Dyer by a friend of mine. Again, I had my usual reaction, and that was to feel insulted because when I turned the book around, as we tend to do, you know, to see what it's all about, it has a big title on the back in red letters, and it says, What is wrong with you? And that's the last thing I wanted to hear. (laughs) And I thought, Why is she giving me a a book that is talking about what's wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. You know, I don't need this type of book. And I put it away. I didn't. I didn't read it. I put it on my bookshelf. And a few months later, fortunately, I had nothing else to read. And I picked it up, and I started looking at it. And I opened it, and I, I, I read a few pages. And it was as if Dr. Dyer was talking directly to me, because I could find myself on almost every page. And and it was a big breakthrough for the reason that I I finally realized that I'm not alone with my struggles and that I don't have to hide (laughs) because there's other people out there, obviously, otherwise that book would never have been written. And that in itself was a big breakthrough. And it got me interested in the topic of personal growth. It got me interested in personal development as a whole. And first I was just reading books, but later on I went to seminars, workshops, retreats, and I still do that today after 33 years. Can you imagine? <laughs> I still travel Imag- around the yeah, I still travel around the world, and I go to retreats and workshops. You know, today of course I am more choosy because I know so much about the topic, so I go just to the ones that I think are really inspiring or they sound intriguing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the more you learn, the more there is to learn. Absolutely. Um, a lot of times, well, most of the time, people really don't, as you said, want to look at what's wrong with them. And so how do you get people to open up and say, it's definitely to my benefit to uncover the waste that I have buried down here in the ground and bring it to the light and haul it away? How do you get people to do that? Well, in most cases, I actually share quite a bit about my own life and about how I got where I am today because I want people to understand that I am not different or special or, you know, I wasn't born this way. I made myself this way so that people can understand, okay, she had her hardships. I mean, we escaped from former communist Germany. That was a very traumatic experience. Uh, and then the rape later on and the abuse and all that kind of thing, you know, the, all all these experiences were extremely traumatic. And I'm just a normal human being, and this is what I try to show people, that, you know, even so I had to go through all these things, I still kept my head up and I kept moving, you know, and I finally discovered my my passion and my purpose in helping others. And now I think there's no stopping because it's so clear to me, the big picture of life, that Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, you know, taking each step every day and just continuing down that road. And this is one of the challenges that I see so many people have about, you know, in my life trainings, and I've spoken to thousands of people, I found that about 90 to 95% of the people don't have a clear direction in life. And that is a big problem because if you don't know where you're going, how can you ever expect to get there? That's true. Either you don't or it's just a simple mistake, and and how do you know that you're there? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) it. Because some people hit it by accident, you know, and and, and they don't even realize that they've hit the jackpot because, you know, they never looked for it. So they might just go past it and, uh, yeah, and never realize. And, of course, that's also not very satisfying. And those are some of the overachievers, you know, that keep striving right. and keep striving and keep striving until they're so stressed out that, you know, they got nothing in them anymore and they burn out. And especially as women, because we tend to multitask and we tend to do 10 things at the same time, which 
Anybody listening, I do not recommend. <laughs> I really recommend to do one thing, finish it, and then take the, you know, do the next thing. This is how you really get a lot done. And it's also one of the reasons why men are, <clears throat> are in most businesses on the top of the field, you know, they are the leaders in the business, and the women are just the secretaries or the assistants, and that is really because they don't multitask. They've got a clear goal, and they go for that goal until they hit it, and then they take the next goal. And we don't normally do that. We sort of do 20 things, 10 things at the same time, and we try to cope with everything, and we try to help everybody, mm-hmm. and to cooperate with everybody, which in general is wonderful, you know, but it only works if both sides do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we're talking about women specifically, and you mentioned a couple of ways that we don't focus on our dreams. Can you talk a little bit more of the things that you see women do that we do to just stuff our dreams in the closet and, you know, never go back to it? Well, I I don't even think that that's very women-specific. It just happens more often to women than to men because we tend to always try to help out and we always try to be good. This is how we were brought up, even today, that, you know, women are supposed to be nice, they are supposed to be, you know, the mothers, the super moms (laughs) that take care of their children 24 hours a day while the men go to work and bring the money home. But, of course, in most families it's not like that anymore. In most families the women also work. I know that in America you have more of the of the tradition, you know, that when a man makes enough money the woman stays at home. But here in Europe, for instance, it's totally normal that the women also work, even when the man brings enough money home. You know, the woman works. Why? Because she wants to, because she... You know, she wants to be out there. She wants to have uh, something that feels is important to her to do also. In America, I know I have quite a few friends where the the wife is at home, even so the children are already out of the house. And, you know, she has nothing more to do than to look after the house, which is not, you know, it's satisfying when you keep it clean, but it's not really satisfying like a life stream or fulfillment. And I work a lot with middle-aged women also because, you know, they have this empty nest syndrome or the man is in a midlife crisis and he starts looking elsewhere, (laughs) this kind of thing, which unfortunately happens. So... I think so that if you're in a society like America and you're, or you know, all over the, pretty much all over the world, where the women is geared towards taking care of others and everyone else comes first, how do you choose your dream or choose you and not be called selfish? Well, I think it's not really. You know, I don't think it's contradictory that you choose yourself first and still take care of others because when you when you have the awakening i mean when you have the real breakthrough of of uh, i i never know how to explain that really when you become awakened i don't have another word for it yes conscious or aware yeah conscious aware awakened this mm-hmm. is when you really feel this absolute total love for self but at the same time for everything that is. Mm-hmm. And that is so amazing. When you get to that stage, you know that you don't have to keep, you know, you don't have to first look out for others and then at the very last uh, will be yourself. No, quite the contrary. Because if we don't love ourselves, how can we give love to others? I mean, fully, unconditionally, with everything we have, we can't. First of all, we've got to feel that that absolute um, unconditional, very important, unconditional love for self, and automatically that will bring out the love for others. So it's the other way around, really, uh, to what we are living, or most of us are living. 
Yes, right. and it's, it's also um, what most of us were more or less programmed mm-hmm. as women to do, to give, give, give. And so we kind of like feel guilty uh, when we are, you know, looking at ourselves or trying to do for ourselves when, as you said, it's a matter of loving ourselves and also realizing our self-worth. That's one of the more important aspects as well. When we realize that we are worth the care and the nurturing and the time that we expend on other people, then we'll do that for ourselves and we'll be able to give just that much more. Uh, Recently I was speaking with um, uh, Intuitive and she was uh, giving me some information and she said one of the things, one way to think about this is like when you're flying and they tell you to put on your life, your Mm -hmm. air, your oxygen mask Mm -hmm. so that you're stabilized and you're able to help your children or help other people. So you have Mm -hmm. to take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. in order to do for everyone else or to do for others. And exactly. self-worth is a big part of that, whether we realize it or not. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that firsthand because I didn't have that self-worth for many, many years of my life. I didn't feel it, I didn't have it, and I let people trample all over me. Mm-hmm. And I pretended that everything was okay, and this is what I noticed also. You know, I always say I come from behind the Berlin Wall, but what I see is that... So many people, you know, build their own Berlin walls around them because they think it will protect them when they put layers and layers of uh, protection around them. So nobody sees how vulnerable they really are inside. But Mm -hmm. it's exactly the opposite. We are not protecting ourselves from the outer world. We are actually imprisoning ourselves in that inner shell. And, uh, I mean, you both know that that a lot of women are like that, you know, as soon as somebody criticizes them and, you know, they sort of break down and and they think it's the end of the world. I was just talking to a lady the other day, I mean, just two days ago, uh, that does my fingernails and we were, you know, we always talk about this kind of stuff. I love talking, I mean, it's my favorite topic. And, uh, And she's interested because here I live in a very small village. So here hardly anybody ever thinks about these things or talks about these things. So uh, we were discussing that, and suddenly she started crying. I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, you know, I feel not worthy, and, and I don't feel appreciated, and this and that and that. And I said, well, what happened? Yeah, and, and she told me about family and what's happening within the family and all that. And it took ages before we got to the point of the matter that somebody had criticized, that she's heard from a friend that another friend had criticized her of not being the good friend she pretends to be. And I said, well, why are you taking it so personal? You know, that's... And she said, it's because I want to be a good friend, and I know that I am a good friend. I said, well, if you know that you are a good friend, why does it hurt you so much? Mm. Well, because I know that I am. I said, and then the opinion of another person that hasn't even said it to your face, which, you know, is is the worst. I mean, if it comes around three corners, uh, it sometimes hurts much more than if somebody says straight to your face because then you can cope with it, you can talk about it. But in this case, she couldn't talk about it. And she said, because I know I'm a good friend to her. I said, Mm. and if you know that, why do you let it touch you so much? She probably had a bad day. She was feeling down. And, you know, she just sort of said it without, probably without even meaning it. I said, the only thing you can do is actually talk to her. Right, and that speaks to the point of her knowing what her self-worth is and realizing that and, you know, acting upon that and not acting upon exterior or looking for exterior motivation. That That's exactly the point, because if you look for exterior motivation and you look for its exterior appreciation mm-hmm. and gratitude, then you might look for all your life. And you might never get it, you know, if you are unlucky, because we can't wait for that. We've got to appreciate ourselves. I teach and if you're going to depend on the exterior, when the exterior is not coming at you positively, then you're down. When it's good, then you're up. So you're seesawing. So you need to have that balance that comes from within that keeps you 
flowing in harmony with life. Yeah, the only balance that we can have is is produced by ourselves, exactly. It it has to come from within. We have to know our worth. We have to love ourselves so that we can share that love because then we've got something to share. If we ha- don't have that self-love, then what do we have to share? Right. It's- so once you have that self-love, you're more inclined to go after your dream and your book, To Be or Not to Be, The Choice is Yours, highlights some tools and techniques that people can use to help them achieve their dreams. Would you give us a couple of examples of a few of the techniques that you mentioned there? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, for instance, the first thing that I'm working on in the book, and the book is a workbook, as you already mentioned. It gives lots of tools and techniques and asks lots and lots of questions (laughs) and also asks people to sign little contracts with themselves. And uh, I think here it is on page 12. It says, make a promise to yourself. And then I asked them to write, I, and their name, promise to live my life to the fullest. I deserve to have a life full of love and light. I now open my boundaries and let peace and abundance in. And I asked them to put a place and a date and a signature. And some people asked me, you know, why you ask us to do that, you know? I said, because it's like signing a contract. It's like, you know, you've actually got to fill it all out, and you know we, we've we all had to sign contracts at some stages in our life, and it is a contract with yourself. It's just to awaken that awareness that you are committed to yourself. So that's that's, and I have that in several chapters of the book, actually. And the first chapter is called Start with the End in Mind. We already mentioned that, that most people don't even know in you know, where they're going with their life. They never thought about that. So there they can ask themselves the question, you know, imagine that you don't have to think about money because you've got enough, you know, you don't have to worry about that ever again. And you can do anything you want to do knowing that you couldn't fail. What would you want to do? If you could do anything and you don't have to worry about money, what would you want to do? And uh, I did a workshop today, actually, here in Germany, and we talked about that. That was the topic of the day. And I was amazed at all the stuff that came up for the people, and some of them were reluctant to look there. And this is what I find really strange, that some people are reluctant to look where they want to take their life. What are my dreams? What are my wishes? What are my desires? What do I really want to do, you know, if I had the freedom to do anything? So, so what is fear based on? What do you think? The fear to actually look. The fear to look because they might discover something they don't want to see, and that is that they have taken the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years of their life, uh, they've taken the wrong road. Mm-hmm. We have a comment from the chat room. Mm-hmm. We have Carmelita. And she she made a comment um, saying, this is awesome. It, and she was talking about our conversation dealing with external approval. She said, this is awesome. It seems like once we've reached this level of self-awareness that we never look for self-external approval, but if it comes, that will be icing on a cake. Is that right? And she said to also follow up, this self-awareness seems like a releasing of baggage that frees us up to fly and to go for our goals and dreams. And that's that's very powerful. That is really true. I can see that to be true. Yeah, it's really true. And if you you would see me physically, when I get a praise, I open my arms wide and I take it in. You know, when somebody gives me a compliment or praises me for whatever, I really take it in and I show them my appreciation also physically, you know, by sort of opening my arms and saying thank you and bowing and really taking it to my heart. I move my arms then onto my heart. And I've practiced that, you know, because I had to build my own self-acceptance, my own love, you know, self-love and self-esteem and all that. Uh, And it took quite some time when I did that because I didn't have the tools at the time. Mm -hmm. And 
absolutely, she's totally right. When you stop needing external approval, and external approval is, is, oh, I, I'm, I don't know the word right now that I want to use. Sorry, <laughs> not my mother language, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, external proof means that you are always the victim, that you are never in charge of your life. Because if you need something from the outside to make you happy, to make you feel fulfilled, then that means you are always waiting for somebody else to say something good. And if they're having a bad day, you are having an even worse day. Yeah, your reaction. Yeah, you are always the reaction at the reaction of somebody else. You are never proactive. And, of course, that's a disaster. I mean, that spells disaster in the end of the day. So you really need to take care of yourself first. That's absolutely important. And you need to love getting compliments and praise. And if at first you don't get it, then pat yourself on the back. I mean, really do for every little achievement. You made a good cake, pat yourself on the back. If you see me cooking (laughs) and it tastes good because I always experiment, you know, I pat myself on the back. I don't wait for somebody else to come and visit and taste my food and say it was good, you know. I, I do it every single day. When something works, I pat myself on the back. When it doesn't work, I look on how to make it better the next time. Because we must make mistakes so that we can learn from them. You know, nobody can be perfect. And I know some, especially women, that want to have a perfect household and they want to be the perfect host and they fall all over themselves to make it happen. And then they wait for the praise. And in some cases, they don't get the praise. They don't wow. get the appreciation from their family and friends. And and they're devastated and they're, you know, really, really wrecking their minds, thinking, what did I do wrong? What wasn't right? Was the decoration not good? Was the food not good? But it all looked good. It tasted good to me. So why didn't they like it? And then, of course, when they go down that road, they will end up thinking, oh, well, they don't like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And then... Into understanding your self-worth and appreciating your self-worth. Because if you don't appreciate you, you're giving off an energy of not enough, and people pick that up, and they're going to treat you accordingly. Mm-hmm. Carmelita also commented on your uh, quote about free the victim. She said that's powerful, and she loved that, free the victim. And I'd also Thank like you. to comment when you said that you physically receive um, comments now. You know, you open your arms and you bring it close to your heart. You physically receive that instead of brushing it off and saying, no, no, really wasn't that good or I wasn't that good. You accept. I and accept means- and I appreciate. And with yes. that, I also appreciate the, the giver. Yes. Because for, you know, if you give, I mean, if I give a compliment or you give a compliment to someone mm-hmm. and they shrug it off or they brush it off or they even feel insulted like I used to be, uh, it doesn't make you feel good either, you know. You think, what's wrong with her, you know. Why, I mean, I said something nice and now she's treating me like that. What's wrong here? And if you don't have confidence either, then that will make you feel bad. <laughs> you know, giving a compliment can make you feel bad because you don't get the appreciation back. And it's not about giving back and forth. It is really about seeing that what you wanted to give as a gift and you really meant it was received as a gift. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's all. You know, you don't rec- you don't expect a gift back. All you want is that that other person is receiving the gift. It's like you buy something for Christmas, you know, or for a birthday. And uh, I suppose most of us have had that happen. You know, we bought something that we thought was good for that person. And then they open you. You can see from their faces that they're not really into it. They don't really like it, you know. And it doesn't make you feel very good. Even so, you went through, you know, the hassle of actually thinking of a present that you thought was good for them, and you went out to buy it, and you wrapped it up nicely, and you really gave it with the very best of intentions. But if it was not received that way, then it doesn't make you feel good. Yeah, that energy cycle of giving, receiving, Mm -hmm. the energy was blocked. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. 
And again, to, to fulfilling your dreams, you know, first of all, know what you want and really think about that very deeply. I ask people, for instance, to write down uh, the story that they want to tell their great-grandchildren when they're 90 or 100 years old, you know. Really imagine that you're sitting on the porch in your rocking chair and your great-grandchildren are sitting at your feet and you're telling them the story of your life. What is the story you want to tell them? And that's quite, you know, that's quite powerful because they start to imagine all kinds of scenarios. And a lot of people, when they do that for the first time, they are sort of trying to adjust it to who they are right now. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point, really. The point here is to go totally crazy. And what is your greatest desire of, you know, what would you want to tell them? You might want to tell them that you were opera, you know, or that you are opera or, or somebody like that, or mm-hmm. Mother Teresa or whatever, you know somebody big that that you know but the big is not important because that's mainly an ego thing what is important that it comes from the heart if you helped one person in your life and changed their life then this is all that you need you know is it's just sort of to touch your heart and you know that you've done something that has helped another human being well you know the two um the two options that you shared in writing That's your contract. Very releasing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it helps you release because most of the time, like we said earlier, people have this stuff buried down so deep inside them that we don't even think about that. So when you tell them, when you ask them first to say, if if you had all the money in the world, whatever you want, what is it that you would like to do, you know? And, and that, you know, I can just see how inspiring that is, but it also releases. It, it makes people dig deep and start releasing, and it also, because uh, I'm just thinking about it now, and it, it makes you excited about it, you know, and mm-hmm. up that energy. So those are two powerful concepts right there to think about what do you want to tell your grandchildren and what is it that you would do if you had unlimited resources. Just think about that. And I could imagine some of the, the scenarios that you were told and some of the stories that um, people shared. But in doing that, it makes you automatically step outside of your box and expand your awareness. You know, in order to be able to tell that story, you've got to open up and think new thoughts. Yeah, today I was talking, uh, you know, one of the people in the workshop today, uh, she said that she wants to work and, you know, she would like to help people, artists, to connect to the right people so that they could be more successful in their art and so on. And we went deeper with the other questions, you know, with the one about the grand, uh, you know, with your great-grandchildren. And then I went even further than that, and I asked, imagine that you've just passed away and your family and friends are standing around your gravesite. What do you want them to say about you, who Mm -hmm. you were? And and everybody in the room looked slightly shocked, you know. I mean, nobody... (laughs) wants to go there but for me this is so powerful because you go there not because you want to think of of leaving no exactly the opposite you want to think of who you want to become while you're here so when you look at that at the answer you give yourself then you have you start to get an idea of why you really are here you know what you really want to do what really turns you on and through the questioning, we went deeper and deeper into what they wanted. And uh, this person that came up is that they want to network and help people, you know, to find the right connections. In the end, she came up that she wants to write, you know, that she wants to write a screenplay and that she's been wanting to do that since, since she was very young. But then, of course, when she left college, she had to do something to make some money to live. And so she ended up working in an office, and it's boring and not inspiring at all. And she's now 31. I said, well, fantastic. You know, you start to realize some things. At 31, I I mean, I was much older when I uh, started on that journey. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, and it's not a matter of age. It's a matter of inspiration. You know, when you start seeing the light and you start seeing the big picture of your life, then 
any time, at any age, you can start walking in that direction and not with quantum leaps. You know, most people, they think, okay, now I know and I want to be there at the end of the year. Hello, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like people say, I want to go from 500,000 in debt to becoming a millionaire within the next eight months or six months till the end of the year. It's not realistic. It's possible. Some people make it happen, but it's not realistic. But you can turn your life around, that's for sure, by taking those baby steps. First of all, know what you want. Second, believe that you can make it happen. And we already talked, touched on that several times about the belief in yourself. If you believe that you can make it happen, then you can take the appropriate action steps to make it happen. And first there will be small steps and then you will build up momentum. And if you continue to go in the right direction, the momentum is going to build over time. Okay. You're listening to Cis Internet Radio and our guest, Barbara Hoffmeister. And she's talking about living your dreams and referencing her book, To Be or Not to Be. So, Barbara, is there anything, like one topic that's in that book that you think if a person only read a paragraph, what is it that you'd like to accentuate in the book? Well, that is a difficult question because it was built up as a step-by-step process, mm-hmm. not not as a as a open it and read one chapter or one page and you know it was really built as a step by step thing but probably i would recommend that they look at you know building their vision building their perfect ideal day and really sit down with themselves and by themselves and take time you know and make sure that the telephones are off and the cell phones especially are off and no texts are coming in and no facebook messages and all that stuff that distracts and really just sit down by yourself take yourself some time and have a you know a drink of coffee or a glass of wine or whatever you prefer and give yourself that space and that time and then just imagine what life would be like if it was ideal really perfect what is your perfect day and start imagining that maybe five years down the road from today where could you be and don't be realistic in this you know really go totally crazy totally you know out of what you're doing right now but really let your dreams take take you on that trip and imagine what life could be like if it was ideal? What would it look like for you? Because for every one of us, and that's a strange thing, for every one of us that would be totally different. So, where, you know, where would you wake up? And who would be next to you? Or would you be alone? What does the bed look like? What does the bedroom look like? What's the weather outside? Is it warm? Is it cold? Is it sunny? Is it early? Is it late? You know, whatever it might be. What are you having for breakfast? Where are you having breakfast? What does the house look like? What are you doing all day? And really do that in every tiny little detail and take it serious. Because this is how we activate our subconscious. And our subconscious is between 95 and 98% of our thoughts we are not conscious of. So we are creating momentum for our subconscious to help us because it doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. So as we are creating this story of our ideal day, we are also starting, if we do this in all honesty, then we will feel emotion. We will Mm -hmm. feel excitement. We will feel love. We will feel all this kind of stuff. I mean, I get a really warm feeling in my tummy when I do that. And and I have a big smile on my face when the vision sort of takes shape and I can start to really imagine it. And then really write it down in every detail and continue writing. You know, maybe you won't do it in one evening, probably not. And do it over several days whenever you find a moment and add to that vision and continue to read it every day. And your subconscious will give you the opportunities because they are there already, but we can't see them. But as soon as we op- you open up and you really describe 
what you truly want and what you truly desire your life to be like, then the opportunities open up and you start seeing them. Okay, that's another great technique for stepping outside of your boundaries and opening up the space to receive more. Mm-hmm. Guy, you were going to say something? Just that, you know, as you, what you're talking about is starting uh, generating the energy as well because once we start focusing and uh, visualizing, that energy starts to surround us and that energy is going to bring all the things into place, will, will help bring the things into place, and as you said, open up the opportunities. It draws, it's the magnet that begins to draw whatever it is that you're visualizing to you. Exactly. And, you know, as you start doing that, you will also start to move in that direction because that's where your focus will be. And if you do this in all honesty and really read it, you know, every day, once or twice, best is in the morning, before you start your day and at night before you go to sleep and add gratitude to that <laughs> that's that's really my secret weapon that always works you know if you give thanks every night before going to sleep and give thanks every morning before starting your day i can promise people that their life will change not overnight but over a few weeks they will start to feel totally different about their life because they give themselves a minute or two a day where they actually appreciate what is already so good in their life, what exists already. And they will start looking for the good that already exists. And those two things together, they will for sure change people's lives, uh, you know, to start moving in that direction. Because fear comes when we focus on the things we don't want, when we focus on the problems. And believe me, everybody listening, that we all have problems. You know, you never totally get away from them. It's not as, okay, now you have all this knowledge and you've had this breakthrough and awakening and what have you, and you are happy 100% and everything works. No, they are still issues and they are still challenges. But it's not overwhelming anymore, you know, because you know how to deal with this stuff. You don't focus on it uh, uh, what I see in, in my coaching clients especially, they are so stuck in the problem that they can't see a solution, which I think Einstein said it, you know, you can't get out of a problem with the same thinking that got you into the problem in the first place. So we've got to start focusing on other things. We've got to start focusing on what we want. And I recommend with fear, for instance, when fear comes up, then face the fear. Really look at the worst-case scenario, at the worst that can happen if everything goes wrong. And it's not likely that everything will go wrong. But just imagine the absolutely worst that can happen and ask yourself, will I survive it if Hmm. this would all go wrong? And I came up until today always with that I will survive it. Yes, I will hurt, sometimes physically, uh, very often emotionally, and in my case, very often financially. (laughs) But I will survive it. Hmm. Not, Not happy, but survive. So then why should I continue to focus on that? Right. Why would you focus on what you don't want? Exactly. When you know I won't focus on that if I know I'm going to survive it, even if it would all go wrong. So now yeah. I'm looking for the solutions, and I look at the best-case scenario. What is the best case that can happen if everything would work, which is also not likely to happen, but, <laughs> you know, it's much more fun. So <laughs> I yeah. My best case, I paint that picture like I paint my ideal day. I also paint the perfect picture there, you know. What is the best case that can happen? And I paint that picture that excites me, that turns me on, that motivates me. And I start moving in that direction a little bit faster. And as I'm talking, I'm always walking while I'm talking. So I am walking faster as I am telling you. (laughs) You know, and it it creates that. Yeah, it creates that momentum, and you start to feel the excitement, you start to feel the pleasure and the joy and the anticipation, you know. You can see it, and you can feel it coming. And this is where your attention is now, and this is what is going to open up for you also. If the attention is on, on the problem, then that's what will open up for you, and that's not what people want. 
Barbara, can you tell us a little about what you've got going on? Give us your contact information, including your web address, and uh, let us know, let the audience know how they can find out more about you. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, my web address is Barbara Hofmeister with one F, B-A-R-B-A-R-A-H-O-F-M-E-I-S-T-E-R, dot com, barbarahofmeister.com. That's my hub site, and from there they can find me everywhere. Or they can just Google my name. They will also find me in most places. And uh, the book, To Be or Not to Be, The Choice is Yours. The subtitle is Get Your Dreams Back and the Courage to Make Them Come True. And uh, that's a workbook. You can find it on Amazon and on the book website, which is www.thetobebook.com. And, um, yeah, any I just brought this. Sorry, pardon? Any upcoming appearances? I've just come back from Colorado, actually. I was speaking at the Festival of Enlightenment there, okay. which was wonderful. A uh, really wonderful time up there, a whole week of transformational workshops. I mean, absolutely amazing. And uh, I just came back, so I don't plan to come to the States uh, in the near future. But what I do, and I do that internationally, I run mastermind uh, groups. That's really powerful. The concept comes from Napoleon Hill. If mm-hmm. anybody has read it, Think and Grow Rich. If you haven't read it, then I recommend that you do that <laughs> as fast as possible. Or check out uh, my blog, which is com slash blog. And on there I have several videos by Napoleon Hill, and I think I posted one today or yesterday uh, about masterminding. And uh, masterminding just means that a group of like-minded people come together. This is a very committed group, so I only want people that are really ready to make some changes and some moves in their life. Um, and and they stay together for six months, and they really help and support each other. I monitor it, so I'm sure that, you know, things are working the way they're supposed to work. Uh, there's some coaching and some mentoring in there. It's a very powerful concept that works really well, but as I said, only for the very committed that are ready to move to the next level. Apart from that, I have coaching groups where we also meet once a week, and um, also that is powerful, but the mastermind, because it has very strong accountability, and accountability makes us do seven to eight times more than we normally do. <laughs> yeah. Or more more focused it's... action, right? So mm-hmm. we are much more focused in what we really want, and we actually do it. Mm-hmm. And do I have... have a new... Yeah, and I have, I have a new... Um, um, I have a CD out now that is called Moments to Be, and I just got it a couple of days ago, so it's brand new. I just put it on my website today, <laughs> and it's Moments to Be, and it's very short inspirational messages and practical tips for a better life. If anybody's interested in that, they can also find it on my blog and on, on both of my websites. And Moments to Be are one to three minute messages, very short because I know that everybody's so super busy these days and I want them, you know, so that they have every day a short inspirational messages, a message or a little teaching or a little tool, you know, small but very effective things that don't take much time because people are busy and uh, I appreciate that and somebody told me one of my coaching clients said you should do something like that you know because a lot of the techniques they don't need long time they just need a minute or two but you've got to know them and you've got to do them and they have and it helps for them to be readily available because when you're in that moment where you're caught up in whatever their drama is it would really be helpful if you could pop in a CD and that would help you bring you back to your center <laughs> exactly yeah mm-hmm. any other publications? pardon any other publications Publications, yes, I do have another book out, and that is 1001 Inspirational Quotes. 
that is called To Be Inspired, 1001 Inspirational Quotes, because I use quotes a lot. When I am not inspired myself or not motivated, I just open my quotes book. I've been collecting them for many years now. And so last year somebody said, hey, why don't you publish them, you know, because you've, I've got thousands and thousands of them. And I find them really, really inspiring. For instance, I have one here. I have lots also in my to-be book. I mean, in to-be or not to-be, the choice is yours. And one is... Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go and do that because what the world needs are people who've come alive. Mm -hmm. That's by Harold Whitman. And I I mean, I'm absolutely, absolutely 100% behind that quote because when we do what we are passionate about, when we do what we are as enthusiastic about, then we are good at that because this is what we excel at. Yes. You know, when we love doing something. I remember my father, he, my father was an extremely hard worker. And I remember I came home from the disco when I was 19 or 20, about 4.30 in the morning, and I had his car, and he was ready to go to work. <laughs> and I it just, you know, it was strange for me, teenager. And I thought, Oh, my God, I mean, just imagine he has to go to work now. I'm going to bed. And uh, and I asked him, I said, how can you be so cheerful at this time of the night if you know that you've got a 16- or 18-hour day in front of you? And he looked up and he smiled and he said, you haven't understood anything, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> my work is my hobby. Oh, I look wonderful. forward to the day. And I thought, wow, what a concept. Wow, that's amazing. And I read somewhere that passion is God's way of saying hi. I so. can believe that. I can believe <laughs> you just, that. You also inspire but, others when you're upbeat and happy. You inspire others as well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, you do that. And also you inspire yourself all the time, you know, because you're looking forward to the day. You want to do this, not because you have to do it. You want to do it, and that makes a big difference because you are willing to to take that extra step that is necessary to really stick out from the masses and to really be better. And I don't mean better by overachieving better. I mean better just because you feel more satisfied. You know, if you do something really well, all of us feel more satisfied with ourselves when we know that this was really well done and I wrote this article really well or I baked this cake really well or I, you know, did the homework with the kids really well or whatever it might be. It doesn't really matter what it is. But as long as you feel great about it because Mm -hmm. it was well done and you did it with love and with passion and this is where we excel and this is where... Yeah, where where our life sinks, you know, our heart sinks because it's uh, yeah. I mean, when you look at it, it's one thirty in the morning, and I am wide awake and I am enthusiastic because I love and what I'm I, doing. I, yeah, you're <laughs> wide awake and inspiring others because we can feel the energy in your voice, and it it, it is just exciting. So, uh, callers, is there anyone who has a question for Barbara? We know you've been listening intently. Um, We've got a few minutes left before we begin to close out. We open the line for questions. And you can press 1 to signal that you have a question for Barbara. Okay. Barbara, what inspired you? I know you were doing workshops. What inspired you to actually write a book? I mean, you were you already had clients. You were speaking, doing workshops. What inspired you to put this in book form? That was um, an American friend of mine. He visited me uh, in my house in southern Spain, and we were having breakfast one morning, and I was telling him that I was upset because I just ordered book, five books from Amazon and I'd gone through them and I told him, you know, this is really getting to me. All these self-help books, they tell you what to do, but they don't show you how to do it. And this is really getting to me because it's all promised there and then I buy the book and I get the same stuff over and over again. And I've heard all this before, you know. I want the techniques and the tools. 
And uh, he laughed, and he said, well, why don't you write it? Uh. And I thought, <laughs> okay, you know, yeah, okay. So anyway, I sort of more or less ignored it, and we continued with our breakfast, and a little later he looked up and he said, Barbara, I'm serious. You should write that book. And I said, yeah, okay, I will think about it. And maybe half an hour or so later, he left to meet some other friends. And in the door, he he turned around and he said again, Barbara, I am really serious. You should think of writing that book. And I sat down on my desk after he'd left. And I thought about it. And I'd meant to do something totally different on that day. But I thought about it and I thought, he's right. I keep telling people you must walk your talk and don't moan it, own it, you know, and all these kind of things. And I thought, and look at me here. I'm moaning and groaning and I'm not walking my talk, you know. So he caught me on that one. And I thought, yeah, okay, he's right. I've got to write that book. And this is why the book turned out to be a workbook, because I really wanted to include all the tools and techniques that work. You know, so that people don't need expensive seminars. Yes, it helps, of course, in life, and and you can talk to them and you can show them, you know, things and and do more than in a book. But the book itself, if people check out Amazon and they check out the reviews, they will see that people are literally just from using the book are literally changing their life. So it's working. Uh so we have another question. Um, Kamalita is on your website, and she's asking about the mastermind group. Does mm-hmm. it meet online and by Skype? Is that correct? It meets online and by Skype, yes. Okay, thank you. And would you give us your information again? Uh, you can provide the online address where that mastermind group's located. The mastermind group, I mean, they sign up online. They sign up uh, on the website. And then I will contact them and give them the Skype uh, group where they will join. And I speak to everyone in person first because that's a group where I want the go-getters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And your contact info? My contact info, again, is com. That's the website. And uh, if they want to get in touch with me directly, I recommend they do that. I think best through the through the website because my websites are all WordPress sites, so they can just leave comments there, and I will get back to them. Leave mm-hmm. landline numbers if you want to be called back, please, because I am no friend of cell phones. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and no, Carmelita, her appreciation, is... she said you've truly filled her with even more tools, and um, she said you have an outstanding message, and your message is universal. She said English may not be your mother language, as you mentioned, but your message is universal, and she thanks you for that. I thank you for that. Thank you. Yes. Thank we you. We always out with a quote <laughs> on the topic. Do you have a quote for us, Barbara, that you'd like to share? On living your dream? On living, let me check. Let me check. Sky, do you have one in the meantime? Uh, this is something that I always say to myself and I'll mention to friends sometimes. I don't know the author, but it is um, live your own dreams or be a slave to the dreams of others. So That is unfortunately Perfect. very true. Mm-hmm. Here I have one by Peter Drucker. He was a management consultant, very famous guy, just passed away, I think. What you have to do and the way you have to do it is incredibly simple. Whether you are willing to do it, that's another matter. Mm. Step up. And I have one on remembering your true purpose. Whenever you're tempted to undertake a useless journey that would lead away from light, remember what you really want. And that's from Meditations from A Course in Miracles. And we encourage and inspire all to live your dream and love the life that you live. Barbara, thank you so much for joining us today. I think Carmelita expressed it totally perfectly. And uh, we have enjoyed you as a guest on Cis Internet Radio. Sky, any comments? 
No, just like to invite everyone to visit our blog on www.fluidmagazine.com. And if you have further questions or comments about uh, Carmelita's um, presentation this evening, you can leave those comments and questions there, and we'll make sure we have responses to you. On Barbara's um, presentation today. I'm sorry. Barbara. You to comment on the blog. Um, and join us on Sis Internet Radio every first and third day at 8 p.m. is our normal time. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, too. Thank you very much. And thank all your listeners for being so actively participating. Thanks, everybody. Have a good life. And remember that life is in your hands. It's your responsibility, and you can make it happen. Wonderful ending. You've been listening to This Internet Radio. Until the next time, enjoy the fluid flow of life by remembering to infuse harmony into your everyday living.